Welcome to episode 37 of the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Engagement. What does engagement look like for your ministry? How do you measure engagement? And how do you know if you're truly engaging with the people behind the screen? Well, today we're going to be diving deep into this topic of engagement and partnerships with the International Ministry Jesus Film Project. kind of a phrase we use is we're moving from caring about the views to caring about the viewers. What is happening with the viewers and how do we offer them a relevant next step when they're done viewing? You know, in the the traditional way that you hear about Jesus film being used with the film showings and the screen and you have your audience and whatnot, you have people there that are giving them their next relevant step. In digital, it's a little different. Welcome to the Ministry at Scale podcast. I'm your host, Chad Williams. Join us as we discuss trends, learn from experts, and share practical tips to help your ministry multiply its digital impact. Back in 1979, the film Jesus premiered in 250 theaters across America. Over the next decade, they started taking projectors and showing the Jesus film in villages. They actually were impacting thousands of people around the globe in their own languages. Then the digital revolution hit, and using website, mobile, and other technologies, the Jesus Film Project Ministry has provided the film in over 1,500 languages, touching millions of people. Well, today, I'm super excited to have Gabe Handy, the Director of Digital Strategies for the Digital Film Project, joining us. Gabe's been involved with pioneering digital strategies for Jesus Film for over 13 years. Gabe, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chad. It's great to be here. Well, just so glad that you can join us today. You know, I think you're you're coming up to 15 years serving with Jesus Film Project, and before that, you've been engaged with technology. Can you just walk us through your experience of how you came to be the director of of uh, digital strategy at the Jesus Film Project? (laughs) Oh gosh. Well, it's certainly not a path that I anticipated. You know, just briefly, going back to after college, I had my computer science degree, got into the workplace, uh, working in IT. And, uh, you know, it was some years later, six, seven years later, that uh, just felt like the Lord really burdened my heart in terms of what more I could contribute to his kingdom beyond Mm -hmm. just my finances and beyond time contributing uh, at church and uh, and what he really um, highlighted for me were my technical skills mm. and uh, probably I probably wrestled with that for three or four months not quite sure knowing what to do with that um, but through some pretty pretty clear events that happened the Lord showed me that they were needed in missions and mm. it just totally kind of blew up my idea of what missions and what missionaries were and uh, how that worked. And, um, and so I got connected with Jesus Film Project. I really was not familiar with it. And as I learned more, I realized, oh my goodness, there's this intersection between, between film, technology, and faith that we can go and reach the world for Christ. And I was, I was like, 
that moment when you just know this is where the Lord is leading and, Hmm. um, and it's captured me ever since. And when I first joined the ministry with my wife, um, you know, we were just there, uh, doing web development, uh, for Jesus film. And, uh, you know, it was 2007 iPhone came out and became its own, uh, mobile revolution. And, Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, we, we started discussing, well, you know, what does that mean to get the Jesus film on phones? Mm. And I think the paradigm that we were trying to tackle was this idea of accessibility and, and distribution. Cause no, at no time could somebody have access to our whole film library right in their pocket, mm. you know, through the paradigm of DVDs, VHS, mm-hmm. film projectors, you know, you had to, uh, you had to contact us, you had to order specific languages, you had to wait for those things to arrive. But now all of a sudden, you know, it's similar to what Steve Jobs said with music, right? Now you can have a thousand songs in your pocket with the iPod. And for the first time, people can have 1500, now 1900 languages of the Jesus film right in their pocket, along with two to 300 other titles uh, in our library. And so we really tried to conquer that challenge of accessibility um, for access to our media around the world. So now, now we're moving into what I think is the, the next big paradigm is engagement and how do we create engagement, but how do we make engagement lead to the spiritual outcomes that we want to see that really helps build God's kingdom? Mm. Yeah, you've hit on really three key things, accessibility, distribution, and engagement. And we're going to talk more about uh, all all three of those. But I love what you said, uh, just as far as you personally, uh, realizing that there was an organization where film, technology, and faith, where they all intersect. And, uh, you know, I, I think there are folks out there that are like, okay, God's given, gifted me in this area. Uh, now, how can I use that for the kingdom? Kind of asking that same question. I'm just curious for you, how was that process? Because because you're with Jesus Film Project, you raise your own support, correct? As a part of crew. Yeah. And so how did that process look like with you and your wife? Because it wasn't just you making this decision. You had a, a wife coming alongside and, and all of that. What did, how did God work in, in her heart at the same time? Oh, gosh. Yeah, it was... Um... You know, the whole idea of raising support when you've never done it before, that's, uh, it's daunting and it's pretty intimidating. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think, I think that's where the Lord really used some specific events that were just, uh, very personal and, and very eye opening to -hmm. say, this is what I'm asking you to do. This is what I'm asking Mm -hmm. you to pursue. and. Uh, and I think it really grew my faith that if I took the step of obedience, he makes the way and he makes the path, uh, mm-hmm. if I'm just willing to go. Yeah. And, um, you know, there, I think for us as a couple, you know, the, sort of the holy discontent started in my heart in terms of, Hey, I've got technical skills that are needed uh, for the mission. But, you know, as we talked about it too, um, 
it, it required, you know, a ton of sacrifice on her part as well, particularly Absolutely. as someone who, you know, that initial discontentment didn't start with them. And so even just working through this, but, uh, you know, it's, the Lord really had to also bring her along and, and her own journey. And, you know, I remember we had different conversations and it, even for her, I think, I remember one of the conversations that reminded her of a, uh, it was actually a, I believe a crew winter conference um, where she was invited to, to commit a year of her life at some point um, to give full time to missions work at some point in her career. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember this, this whole conversation kind of brought that back up for her. And I think the Lord mm-hmm. might've used that as part of, uh, stirring in her heart. And, and so we, you know, we just tried to follow the Lord the best we can and where he says, go, we try and do it in faith, even if it seems yeah. daunting and intimidating. Yeah. And you know what? He has totally provided. Um, and there have been times where we have felt like we have come across closed door after closed door. And then all of a sudden the Lord opens the door in a way that only he can do and reminds us that he's doing this, not us. And, um, yeah. and just helping us to maintain that sense of dependency. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you said is so key is that you didn't just kind of um, bowl ahead and say, this is what we're doing. You, you, I mean, you let God work on both of you together. And uh, really, in, in approaching it as a team, I think uh, that's critical. Yeah. Now, now in your role as the right currently the the director of digital strategies, you really have have had the honor and privilege of taking the film with the heritage and history like Jesus film and innovating in the digital space. And you said, you know, you're seeing engagement as the next big mountain to conquer, but just talk to us about the mindset that you've approached taking Jesus film digital over the course of the last, last few years. Like what is the mindset that you approach applying something that was in the film space to the digital space? Well, um, I think it's a little bit like I was saying, you know, the first was just People, people need access to this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, people who are seeking, they need a- access to the gospel. Uh, people who are wanting to share the gospel need access to these tools. So how do we make it easy? Um, how do we reduce the mm-hmm. friction of ex- accessing these things as much as we can? And, uh, and I think to a degree, we've, we've done that pretty well. Uh, you know, you can very quickly download the Jesus Film Project mobile app and you got access. You can search it by country, language, title, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everything's available on our website. We've got things available on YouTube as well. Um, but, you, you know, eventually your mindset starts to shift and you start asking questions of, well, we're seeing all these people watch our stuff, but what's happening mm-hmm. to, you know, to what end? are these mm-hmm. viewings happening? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when you start to think more about engagement, you know, and distribution is important because you want to reach the, the broadest audience we can. Um, and we do a lot of that through partners. We, mm-hmm. If we could do the vast majority of our work through partners, that would make 
Jesus Film Project very happy. I mean, that is just yeah. deeply rooted in our DNA. Um, so talk about partnerships a little bit. What does a what is a what what are some of your partnerships look like? And how how are you empowering other ministries to to use your content? And yeah, what does a partner a healthy partnership look like for you? I think it's uh, listening well. Um, you know, we we want to come alongside the best we can and hear who our partners are trying to reach. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what are the outcomes that they're trying to um, to see happen with those audiences and do we have anything that can help them do that uh, by way of media? Maybe it's something with technology. Um, maybe it's translating or dubbing uh, one of our films into a new language mm-hmm. um, and, and then helping them achieve those outcomes. And uh, I think that's, that's what our heart beats for. And I think, when you think about the great commission and how we're going to advance that significantly, it's by working together. And Mm -hmm. so, and being open to new things, if, if uh, partners have new ideas and new approaches is um, being willing to work with them on those things. So give us an example of what's one partnership where you've listened well, you've innovated with the partner, and now you'd say, you know, you're really helping them achieve results. So we, we had a partner um, in the Central Asia area that was trying to reach an audience and they, they really wanted to find some visual media that would help them reach their audience better. Um, mm-hmm. Culturally speaking, the audience is, was not you know, historically uh, real open to spiritual conversations. And, um, but when they did, they kept asking some very similar questions. And so uh, we worked with them to uh, understand their audience better, understand uh, what questions they're asking. And it started out by trying to help them find, is there any visual media that currently exists that could speak to these uh, challenges that they're having? Hmm. So we did some research on that. and. You know, for one reason or another, different pieces didn't work. Uh, either you know, maybe something was outdated, or it just wasn't culturally appropriate for who they were trying to reach. Um, eventually, got to the point where we decided that we were going to create a new media series for them, which we call our our Wonder series. Hmm. Uh, and you can find that in our mobile app and on JesusFilm.org. Uh, I think actually the title is "Do You Ever Wonder." Um, but, uh, there, uh, it's a three or a four part animated series. And each one is only about three minutes long and each one directly addresses the questions that their audience most commonly asks when they get into a spiritual conversation. So Mm. one of them is, uh, can you trust the Bible? Mm. Uh, you know, another one is who is God really? And, um, and they actually found that when using these uh, media pieces in, in their campaigns, they were seeing um, some of the, I think it was the conversion rates, and I don't mean spiritual conversion, mm-hmm. but marketing conversion, conversion rates going in some cases from 
0.5% to 5%. And from 1.5% in another case to 7%. And just showing that, uh, you know, when you're using media that is really designed to speak to your audience, um, Mm -hmm. they will, they will engage with that and you will start to see a greater response. And so they're, um, they're seeing more activity around that and more engagement and it's been super encouraging. But I think that mm-hmm. came from working closely with the partner, understanding mm-hmm. what it is, who it is they're trying to reach, what they're trying to do and doing that really well with them. And we uh, were able to help them achieve some better results. That, that's, that's a great example. And I'm just curious that wonder series, is that something that's just used by that partner or have you made that available for other, other organizations as well? Yeah, no, it is available for anybody. Um, you can yeah. get that on the app and website. And um, and we're even toying with the idea of uh, working with some others and creating maybe an additional series or two uh, for different audience groups that yeah. have specific questions for their audience group. And yeah. I think this this medium of doing it in an animated way gives you a lot of flexibility on the visuals in terms of how you can better contextualize that experience for your audience. Mm-hmm. I love that. I mean, I'm involved with our local relatively small church and uh, I mean, I could see something like that being used just even for our, uh, our County and, and outreaches in some, uh, in some you know, good creative ways. Yeah. Sure. I, I just want to point out for, for our audience, you know, a lot of times we can get very um, focused when we're working in ministry, we're working on the content that we're creating and uh, how, how is it best fitting our audience. And, and sometimes if we're able to identify other partners, and I think the principles that you gave of listening well and hearing what they're trying to accomplish and coming alongside and helping others, that can just magnify the distribution and the engagement side of things with, with, with your audience. So, so, so keeping your, your mind, like having a mindset of keeping your mind open to other partnerships, especially if you're a content producing type of a, of a ministry, I think is really, really healthy. Yeah. So, so yeah. let's talk, let's talk about engagement. And uh, you say, you know, that's kind of the next hill that you're seeing. What are the ways, how, how are you currently thinking about engagement and then what are some of the things that you've tested? What's worked, what hasn't worked and how are you measuring engagement? It's a lot of questions for you off the top, but get you rolling. Yeah, well, no, it gives me plenty of room to work in. Uh, so I think for us, as we moved into this uh, in more of a focus on engagement, um, we kind of a phrase we use is we're moving from caring about the views to caring about the viewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is happening with the viewers and how do we offer them a relevant next step uh, when they're done viewing? Mm-hmm. You know, in the sort of uh, the traditional way that you hear about uh, Jesus film being used with the film showings and the screen and you have your mm-hmm. audience and whatnot, you have people there that are giving them their next relevant step. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In digital, it's a little different, right? So. Uh, more than likely, although not exclusively, uh, you have an individual who is engaging at some level. And when the video gets done, what options do they have? You know, what, 
what is the right next step based on what was watched, what language was it in, where mm-hmm. where are they coming from? And uh, and and we have millions, tens of millions of views of our content happening on our digital channels, and we're not okay, but with just saying that them watching the film is enough. Mm-hmm. They're 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 they are on a spiritual journey, mm-hmm. and it's our responsibility to be in line with what the spirit is doing in their life and help them take whatever that next best step is. And so we want to, wherever something's being watched, we want to make sure that we can offer what that next step is. And so I think that, that kind of encapsulates for us what, how we're thinking about engagement even how do we think about partnership? Cause honestly, the next best step might not be with us. Yeah. It might yeah. not be with another piece of our content. It might be content on a partner's website or an opportunity to connect with somebody in a different ministry. Um, and so it really just, for me, it opens up uh, a lot of opportunity to partner in new ways. You, you, you mentioned, you didn't use this term, but what came to my mind was the user journey. And helping to think through, and I mean, <clears throat> think through the user journey from the end user's point of view to help them grow spiritually, and yeah. and I, I love your 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 mindset that is it, it may not even be within our content, but but hooking them to the you know what's the next if if they're if they're coming to us and they're introduced <clears throat> to Jesus here, but the next piece of content that could really help them engage maybe even in a personal way with somebody with boots on the ground to come and meet them in person, you know, what's the right ministry to be able to 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 move in that direction? Yeah. I, I'm just curious what tr- traditionally has been when you when you when you moved into to the digital space, yeah, I loved your statement about we move from caring to views to caring about the viewers. And I, I think that's one thing I love reminding people, you know, with every, if you say you get thousand views, whatever, whatever number that you, you have, each one of those is a person on the other side of that screen. And Absolutely. how are we showing our care for that person and, and, and all those different things, but how have you done follow-up in the past? And when you, as you've gone from a traditional film boots on the ground, right there to the digital space. How have you in the past, have you, have you, have you tackled the engagement or connecting people to real people? Or has that been a, an intentionality of, of Jesus film project? No, I mean, traditionally that's where we have just uh, done so much with partners around mm-hmm. the world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, years and years ago, Jesus film did have um, some of our own staff around the world uh, that was doing a lot of this, but we actually found that we could do more if we worked with partners, people who are already working in those areas, people um, who know those areas at a whole nother level than we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so trying to carry that mentality into the digital world is kind of where we're at in terms yeah. of how can we connect with other ministries to create these user journeys that are um, cohesive that uh, provide options and aren't necessarily directive to the user of what we're trying to get them to do, but really letting them move as they're being led. Hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, we want to 
continue to carry that forward into the future. That's great. And then as you're, as you're moving down this engagement path, how, how are you measuring success for successful engagements? Well, right now <laughs> we're, we're, we're trying to figure out how do you, there's so much engagement that happens on social platforms. Mm-hmm. So YouTube, our YouTube channel, for example, we get tens of millions of views on our YouTube channel. And the crazy thing with that is YouTube's bringing them to our content. There's so much organic viewing happening through YouTube's recommendation engines and just through people doing searches um, that, um, sorry, can you restate your question again? Yeah, how are you measuring, how do you measure success for engagement? Right, right, right. Yeah. So we, we have all this uh, engagement happening. And what we're trying to test for is how can we move the viewers out of a relatively closed ecosystem that's designed to keep you in that ecosystem mm-hmm. into a place where we can have more flexibility in uh, giving different opportunities, providing different content, making different connections. Yeah. Because, um, you know, as I'm sure you know, uh, these social platforms are not eager to have people leave their platform for any mm-hmm. reason, um, mm-hmm. but they do provide some avenues for that to happen. So I think right now we're, we're experimenting with um, what's working in terms of, you know, again, using YouTube as the example, putting end cards on videos, what kind of questions at the end of a particular video will um encourage people to take a click and continue the journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, uh, we've been working on a system uh, that we call next steps so that it can be sort of that landing spot for wherever engagement is happening. So mm-hmm. even in the middle of a TV broadcast, for example, um, uh, I heard an example of where they were showing a, you know, a URL every 20, 30 minutes during a feature film and it could go point to one of these landing pages that has a whole built out journey mm-hmm. uh, in terms of different options to give them with downloading a Bible, contacting somebody. And uh, it really just depends on the audience and, and the outcomes that they were after. But, uh, but I think trying to figure out how do we get move all of this engagement in these closed systems into places where we can have more flexibility and offer more opportunity is really just where we're still experimenting um, at that point. Well, I I think your strategy is important though, just realizing that the content that you have on YouTube or Facebook or these other social platforms, you know, you don't have control, not just over the audience, but once you put it up there, you don't even have control over over the content. I mean, they could take it down anytime they wanted to. And, uh, yeah. and, and the strategy of seeing those, I like, I, I like the, to, to describe it as you've got these outposts and then you've got a home base and that home base is your website or your social or your app that you, you can control the content and how people interact with it. And these other outposts are, are places, ways that you can, uh, um, reach new audiences and, and, and pointing them back to that. So, yeah, I think that's a, a good and healthy, healthy strategy. Yeah. What, what about, is there any tools that you've used 
uh, you, you mentioned the end guards at the end of videos, you mentioned landing pages, but any other tools that you found to really help engage with your audience that you've found, maybe you've tested and say that's worked a little bit, but it hasn't worked or any, any other, any other tools that you can share with, uh, with our audience. Um, I don't know. You know, we're, I think we're planning to do a test with um, uh, a tool that'll, you know, right now it's, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of the opportunities that are given are after a video is watched. It's kind of mm -hmm. at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to start taking st some steps to explore what does it look like to give op opportunities during the video. Mm -hmm. So uh, looking at some tools that can provide uh, uh, questions and uh, click-through opportunities that overlay the video. So at key moments, as they're engaging with the film, um, yeah. if there's something said or a certain scene happens, to provide it in that moment um, mm -hmm. as being an off-ramp, if, again, if they so choose, yeah, um, would be another tool that we're starting to look at. But I think, you know, at the moment, we're there's just, there's a lot that, uh, uh, that these social platforms give us that we're working within and, uh, and then continuing to build out this journey builder tool that we have, um, that can allows mm -hmm. us to customize those journeys. Once, mm -hmm. once we're able to get our audiences out of those closed platforms. Good. Yeah. You mentioned that a lot of your traffic is coming through organic searches on YouTube and, and some of those, have you done anything to optimize those searches? Like, like, is there anything that you're doing intentionally to help amplify those organic searches? Or is it just, hey, this is what's happening and we're just excited to have it come in? Well, honestly, it all started with uh, YouTube picking up our content and sharing it through recommendation engines, uh, just organically. And mm -hmm. it's really been a pretty amazing thing to watch. Uh, but we, we have gotten to a place now where we are trying to um, update titles, descriptions, you know, some of the metadata around the films um, to try and optimize, uh, you know, the, the engagement that's happening. Um, but honestly, there, <laughs> There's so much viewing activity happening just through these organic methods that mm -hmm. we've really been trying to put our focus on where is all this engagement going and to yeah. what end. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's really been a big part of our focus and what we're building. Good, good. Talk to us a little bit about, about the team that you have at Jesus Film on the digital side. And so like, how have you structured it? And and uh, um, uh, structured it for most effectiveness and who are your team? What are the team roles that you have are critical? And just talk to us about your team structure a little bit. Team structure. Uh, sure. So we actually did just restructure uh, in the last year or so. Uh -huh. um, <clears throat> Organization wide or specifically the digital side of things? Specifically uh, my department. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, kind of the, the approach was in digital, there's a number of different competencies um, that you need to be able to execute well. 
And so we, we tried to organize our department around some of those competencies. So for instance, we have a audience insights team who mm-hmm. is really focused on uh, when we're pursuing a, an audience or we have a partner that's pursuing an audience, this team can help do deeper research on mm-hmm. the care abouts for that audience. Uh, you know, we have a data insights team that helps us really do uh, the analysis of the data that we're getting, uh, helping us think about what are the right questions to ask, just helping us to understand the data that's that we are capturing. Mm-hmm. How can we derive additional value out of that? Um, we have we just have an operations team that really focuses on you know the real grease that keeps the gears of a department going like contracts and project management and finance um we have a partnerships team that's a brand new one for us in digital is you know as we're like i've been saying about trying to get better about engagement and um we need to expand how we're partnering and who we're talking to and how we can work together mm-hmm. we have our global media team that focuses on acquiring and creating new media. So our, our film library, traditionally, we each of the films that are in it came up for their own independent reason and they're there for an independent reason. But I think we're shifting now to uh, a more strategic approach with the library in terms of who are the audiences that we want to pursue and what gaps do we have in terms of media in that area? And let's be intentional about filling those gaps. And so that global media team focuses on that. And then we've got, you know, a creative team. We have a marketing strategy team. So, you know, there's a number of different kind of areas of competency. And then that's kind of the, the functional teams. And then we've, developed a, uh, a process that we, we lovingly refer to as the HOSS, uh, which stands for Human Operating System. Uh, but essentially, it's a, a process across the department that ensures that there's right, that there's good value exchange between these different teams mm-hmm. and that the right conversations are happening with the right people at the right time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you want to uh, kind of uh, just talk about functionally what it is. It's an ability to prioritize and organize the work across the department. But really, I think it's it's more about ensuring that we're having the right conversations because uh, we need all these different areas working well together uh, if we're going to execute well. So mm-hmm. this is something like like I said, just in the last year we've gotten in place, and so we're still, uh, you know finding our full footing with it, but, uh, it's been pretty encouraging so far. That's great. And, and I I know you've gone from everybody being working or most of your team working together or a hybrid approach to when COVID hit, everybody was remote and you have all these teams and yet it's important for, for the, for teams to like your, your Haas, your human operating system. How have you gone about leading your team in a distributed, 100% distributed environment? Well, I think uh, some of that, to be honest, we're we're still working on. Um, I mm-hmm. think with the, you know, you had all the change that COVID brought, 
uh, in the pandemic. And then in the midst of that, we're restructuring as a department. And so between those two things, it was just sometimes the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. And, um, but I think, uh, what was important through that is having a really strong leadership team that could be kind of that, that consistent forward moving uh, force that, um, that really kind of helped stabilize with so much change going on and so many different levels uh, pretty much in everybody's life. Yeah. Um, that that was a key part of it. And, um, and uh I think one of the other key components from a technology perspective was just having sort of a home base and we use Slack uh, mm-hmm. for that and just provides a lot of robust functionality around um, communication. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they, you know, what I appreciate about Slack is they do a good job of bringing in some of the more creative and fun elements so that people's personalities can be expressed through these mediums because, you know, we aren't face-to-face, can't, can't read the body language. You can't see the smile. You can't, you know, of course you can in, you know, video call meetings, but, um, but, you know, there's some norms around, you know, uh, people uh, wishing people happy birthdays when that comes up and, you know, just really trying to stay connected through a tool like that. And if we didn't have something like that, uh, I think the the team and even the, the connectedness would mm. feel very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. I know for our company, having been a 100%, mostly 100% remote working since 2004, those, first of all, there's no replacement for face-to-face interaction. There, there just isn't, but being able to have some of those tools like Slack, we use Slack, Zoom, all those things. Anytime you yeah. can, you can do what you can to bring a human touch at, uh, it, it, it's one thing to have the technology. It's another thing to bring the human touch through technology on it. And yeah, another thing, another, I, I appreciated the way that you structured your team. A lot of folks, think of structuring their team with getting things done, which is important. And everything you described is getting something done, but you led with your audience insight and your data insights team. And I don't know that, especially with ministries, if that's the first thing that they think about, the first thing they may think about was the development team or the design team or the creative team and realizing those things are hugely important, but it's also hugely important to understand your audience, understand those that you're, 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 you're seeking to reach. And uh, so I really appreciate even the order in which you, you, you gave your, you, you, you shared how your teams are, are structured right now. And uh, yeah, we also, try to, yeah, we actually ahead. try to say, uh, ask who before you do. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Ask who before you do. That's really good. Yeah. yeah. I also want to give encouragement or, or what word of encouragement would you have to a ministry who maybe you know, you have a leader of the digital, maybe you have somebody, a designer, a programmer, and somebody running social media. And so that's the bulk of their team is three or four people. How would you encourage them to be thinking about uh, the different areas to be able to gain audience insight, even if you don't have somebody 100, 100% dedicated to that specific area? Um. You know, I think um, 
That's a good question. I think you really just have to do the best you can. Um, you know, don't put too much pressure on yourself uh, in terms of that, but, you know, just trying to understand some of the basics of your audience in terms of what are their, what's your audience's uh, motivations? What are their challenges in life? Mm -hmm. uh, are they, you know, um, are they digitally savvy? Are they not? Um, you know, and there's, um, uh, there's different resources out there that can help you get a better understanding. Uh, you know, even uh, resources like Joshua Project can help you understand kind of the spiritual temperature of a, of a people, uh, people group. Um, I believe there's a group out there. Uh, they're called Mobile Ministry Forum. I think they put out a resource uh, every, Taylor, right? Yes, um, might be every every year I think, where they um, kind of provide profiles of different countries uh, in terms of technology adoption and whatnot. Um, and so, you know, obviously, if you have somebody dedicated to doing that, you can get a much deeper level of understanding. But um, but I, you know, in the end, you're just trying to do the best you can. I think the important thing is just to remember that understanding your audience is an important aspect mm -hmm. to trying to achieve better results. Yeah. And I think I've found it helpful, even if you don't have one person dedicated to it, if you can have the mindset of what, like, like what you said, ask who before what, so who is it that we're trying to reach? Can we build even as limited as we can, but can we build a profile or a persona around them? And then that does help us in our creative and our development to be able to develop to a specific person. And uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's good. Gabe, this has been super helpful. Um, I am just curious, what book or resource have you been learning recently that you can share with our audience? Um, I actually, so this isn't uh, technology related, but uh, I have been enjoying, one of my coworkers sent me a 40-day devotional hmm. on, um, it's called The Gospel for, uh, let me actually the gospel for Enneagram. Interesting. So if you're familiar with Enneagram, um, you know, there's nine different types uh -huh. uh, that typically, you know, everyone falls into. Um, but so far, uh, this author, Tyler Zach, he's a certified Enneagram specialist and a pastor. And so uh, this devotional is on uh, one of the Enneagram number. And so I've been working through that and, you know, just continuing to learn more about myself and uh, how that connects to different parts of scripture and how the Enneagram speaks into that has yeah. really been, um, it's really been good for me. And I think right now they've got, uh, he has one for nines, fours, and threes. Okay. Uh, I don't think he's gotten beyond yeah. that, but. Uh, so what anyway. number are you? What number are you, Gabe? I'm a nine. You're nine. I'm, okay. I'm a peacemaker. Okay. Yes. Yeah. My wife is a nine. And uh, as a company, we just went through our leadership, went through the Enneagram here the first part of the year. And then we had an in-person team meeting last week and we actually had a whole session on it. And after having everybody in the company read one of the books on it. So 
So yeah, yeah, I think it's, I mean, it's a, it's a tool like other tools that can be really helpful for understanding yourself, understanding other people. And, and one of the things I've appreciated about the Enneagram is that it's, it, it recognizes the, some of our weaknesses, our greatest strengths can be our greatest weaknesses when taken to extreme. Mm. And, uh, you know, the Enneagram helps you overcome some of those weaknesses or what they call sins. And, uh, yeah, so that's fascinating. I'll have to check out that devotional book. That's that's yeah, really great. I've, I've definitely been enjoying it. I would recommend it. Yeah, good, good. Well, Gabe, how can people contact you if they have other questions or or even want to pick your brain more about what you're doing at Jesus Film or want to partner with you in, in some of those things? How's the best way for folks to contact you? Yeah, you just send me an email would be great. Uh, and that's just Gabe, G-A-B-E dot handy h-a-n-d-y at jesusfilm.org great so gabe dot handy at jesusfilm.org we'll have that that and the the um, different resources you've recommended throughout the show in the show notes and uh, so this is again super insightful to hear how on jesus film project how you guys have grown and scaled through partnerships over the years and your current focus on engagement and I appreciate your humility and just being able to say, you know, this is where we're going. We don't have it figured out yet, but uh, this is the areas that we're, that we're working towards. And, and uh, you know, if there's a fit, come and join us on the journey. And so yeah. thanks so much for joining well, and, us. And if I can, I just want to add to, if anybody's listening, who's in the marketplace and you've got skills that uh, you're not sure how you could use them for the kingdom. I tell you what, there are, ministries out there that are trying to reach the world and we could use you. So we'd definitely love to talk. That's a great reminder that uh, there's something about being able to work with organizations or inside of an organization that, you know, you're having an impact for eternity. You just can't, you just can't replace that. Yeah. Great. Thanks so much, Gabe. Take care. All right. Thanks, Chad. We just learned how Gabe and the Jesus Film Project is bringing focus to engaging the users behind the screen. One way you can increase engagement is by personalizing the entire user journey on your website, and it's easier than you think. Our team has developed a free process to help you do just that. It's called the seven-day personalization challenge. In just seven days, you'll go from zero personalized content to developing a user journey on your website that personalizes the user experience every step of the way. Just sign up for this free seven-day personalization challenge at 5q.com slash personalize. That's F-I-V-E-Q.com slash personalize. Thanks so much for listening to the Ministry at Scale podcast. Our desire is to play a small part in helping you multiply your ministry's digital impact. If you find this podcast helpful, please subscribe and share it with another colleague that you think would benefit. Until next week, keep learning keep growing and keep impacting your world for Christ.